by Didier Drogba. Yes, the greatest night in Chelsea's history. Champions of Europe at last. Hey guys, welcome to our first ever episode of the Fulham Road Podcast. Today you have, you're joined, I am joined by Josh. Hello, uh, hello. Josh on Twitter. I am CFC Dummy and uh, yeah, this is our first ever podcast. So obviously uh, we're not professionals with this. So you're, we're going to have to wait for you guys and get your responses. Yeah, and like, yeah. Take all your opinions and stuff like that. But Basically, the way the podcast is going to be run is we're going to try and go through like the popular takes on Twitter and like see like we're going to react to Chelsea's Twitter at the beginning of the podcast. Then we're going to go through like the main topic of the podcast. And for this podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, what next season. It's basically predictions for next season and our thoughts on different things as well. Yep. And at the end, we're going to try and get like a personal section going on. So, I mean, there'll be more details about that at the end of the podcast, but... Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's basically... So, we're trying to get, like, this podcast is going to be real. I mean, there's going to be... We're allowed to swear as well. So, it's going <laughs> to be minimal editing and, yeah, so that's basically what it's going to be. We're going to have real talk. I'm also going to try and get some guests, guests on in the in the future. So, I mean, I'm not going to call any names, but... For the size of the podcast and like for the first guests, you guys will be really, really impressed. Like really, really impressed. You'll be expecting the caliber of guests we're gonna get on. So yeah. Josh, how are you doing? I'm I'm good, Dammy. How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Are you ready for this? Yeah, man. Let's let's do this. Let's do this. Come on. All right, fair enough. So for the first segment on this podcast, we're gonna be talking about Chelsea Twitter. So at the time of recording, a few days ago. Was that yesterday? A few days yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yesterday, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday we lost to. Oh, well, I mean they were quite good to be fair, but yeah. we lost to Kawasaki Frontal. Yeah, and, Kawasaki. Uh, yeah, Chelsea Twitter was in a, was a madness. Josh, what the, you, what do you think of that? Yeah, man. I mean, Chelsea Twitter was in a state. Lampard out was trending again. Um. I kind of think it was funny, to be honest. Like, mm. obvi- obviously, like, initially when Lampard out was trending, right, it was obviously, it was, I when I looked at it, it was trending because it was more of a joke and not really anything yeah. serious. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yesterday it seemed like it could have been trending yesterday for that reason as well. But, uh, like, I don't know. I think a few idiots were actually serious about it. So yeah. it was like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just think if you actually think that, you know, the Lampard should be leading after losing a meaningless preseason game in his third game with a second half midfield that he played. You know, the, the midfield that was played in the second half was atrocious. Yeah. So, it, like, the whole second half team was trash. So, I mean, you know, if you if you genuinely think Lampard out, then I really, really question, you know, like, your footballing like knowledge and all of that because like, yeah. you have no patience if you think that absolutely none. Yeah, because initially for me when I saw Lampard out, I mean it was trending for a while in the UK as well. Because yeah. when I saw Lampard out, I knew that it had to be some. I mean, I could tell you could tell like it was not just Chelsea fans tweeting Lampard out, 
like right. literally meant so i thought it was a joke initially until i actually realized that some people actually did say lampard out now obviously uh if you follow me on twitter which is highly unlikely because of my follow account but anyways if you follow me on twitter you'd probably know that i wasn't the most happy person when sorry left because i feel like we didn't give him a chance but in reality lampard's coming back frankie lampard yeah like, he's arguably one of the he is arguably the greatest player to play for chelsea ever yeah, has the highest goal. Like he's an amazing personality, and everyone keeps saying how good he is. So we have to give him a chance. We really yeah. have to give him a chance. We yeah. lost real, and as well, I I'm not sure about this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. But the team we lost to hasn't lost in 18 games. Yeah, I think it was something Eight. like that. Plus, yeah. plus I believe that they are the reigning J League champions, mm-hmm. and you know. They also, I think, they're definitely, like, a lot of the way in their season. And another thing is that Lampard afterwards was saying that jet lag and other things like that definitely affected the players. And as someone, you know, who, like, I, in America, for example, I've traveled around the country playing football for, for club teams and that. And I can tell you that for the first game, jet lag definitely does affect you. And yeah. that's ju- that's just traveling, like you know, within America. I can't imagine what it's like, you know, traveling London halfway across the world, essentially London to Japan. So yeah. no wonder, no wonder the players have jet lag, and so it's it, it makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I wonder what your thoughts were on uh, Jody Morris because I mean, right. I see where he was coming from. He blocked quite a few people on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, someone was like, "Why should he be like?" In comment in the comment section of like Chelsea, like why should he be in the comment section for the Chelsea for Chelsea's tweet? But me personally, I feel what what do you think about him blocking people? Supposedly blocking people on Twitter after the game for like negative comments. I just I don't really have an opinion to be honest. Like it's it's one of those where I get like I get if you're blocked by him, you're gonna be like unless you know unless you're like really really cussing the team out, you know? Like, yeah. It's one of those where if you get blocked for saying, like, Lampard out is a joke, I understand why you'd be mad. But it's one of those, honestly, where it's just, like, I, I don't really have an opinion. Like, there's there's pros and cons to it, and I think they kind of offset each other. So it, it's really, like, I I feel it's kind of like, you know, it's it's just, it's one of those things that it's, I think, you as a person, unless you were actually blocked by them, like you shouldn't really give a shit if Jody Morris is going on on yeah. Chelsea Twitter and blocking people for being negative. Yeah. Like that's that's my take on it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Respect that. Now, I mean, I'm going to digress a bit. I mean, still on Chelsea Twitter, but right. at the time of recording, we have Real Madrid versus Bayern Munich, and we have a uh, lot of Chelsea fans tweeting about it. Hey, Nazard, oh my god. My boy, yeah. he's starting tonight as well. Have you seen yeah. the line? No, I haven't, man. I haven't. He's starting with Benzema, and he's playing with uh, the Snake as well, and Snake and goal. I mean, I'm not going to list out Madrid starting 11, because you guys yeah. have seen that already. But uh, Hazard, oh, God. What? Are we going to miss Hazard? I am going to miss him a lot. I'm uh, going to miss I'm gonna miss him, but I feel like every every good story has its ending. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in terms of Eden Hazard, is he undisputedly a top three player in the world? Yes. 
Um, and it's just one of those things where it's like, did we lose him? Yeah, but by losing him, it opens up, you know, it can open up a ton of doors. Hmm. Um, you know, um, so like with Hazard, for example, with Hazard leaving, you know, we have, you know, Hudson Adoy will be playing on the left in his best position. Yeah. Pulisic will be integrated into the team. You know, we have Michi coming back. We have a really young squad, so it's like, it's not like better. Obviously, I would have loved if Hazard stayed. Yeah. But it's better in a sense that it starts the new era and it gets things going. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you kind of have to take three steps backward to go four steps forward kind of thing. Mm, yeah, yeah. I fully agree with that. Yeah. So anyway, um, I think we should uh, move on now. So basically, Lampard and the old guard coming back. Yeah. So what do you what do you think about that, right? What do you think about like the benefits? You have any cons, you know, just get what are your thoughts on that? So for me, I'm excited. I mean, if you I'm not going to be one of those people that like determine who's a fan or who's not a fan, but if you genuinely don't enjoy or like if you're not looking forward to the fact that we have we now have Petr Cech as the so-called like uh director of football. I yeah. feel like I mean he is technically speaking the director of football, but I feel like he's going to be using a slightly more different role. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's don't, yeah. Don't be surprised if his role changes. What do you yeah. say? It's technical advisor. That's what it is. Yeah. So it's kind of like he's he's if what I got from the club statement when they announced him yeah. is that he's not technical director, but he's more of like a footballing brain to have on the board. Which exactly. is good. Which yeah. is really good. Yeah. So like I said, don't be surprised if he's like position, like official. Because I mean, like you said, from like what they posted, what they put out, it will, he, he is like a technical, like what you said, but he is, he is the technical director of Chelsea Football Club. Yeah. He's taken over what Emiliano used to do before. Yeah. So, uh, but in reality, I mean, but other than him as well, we have Jody Morris and obviously we have Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard, manager of Chelsea. And, like, if anyone who's not genuinely excited about that, I don't know what to say to you because, like, he's back home. Yeah. He's back home. Like, there's there's nothing to not be excited about. Like, I mean, obviously, he, has, he doesn't have, like, managerial experience. Like, I mean, he does, but, like... Nothing, he does, yeah. yeah. Nothing too significant. He has, like, a year under his belt. But still, like he knows the ba- he knows the club like the back of his hand. You get what I'm yeah. trying to say? Yeah, exactly. I I feel like as well. You brought up an interesting point where, you know, talking about Frank Lampard's experience. I feel like when people use the argument per se, where it's like Lampard isn't experienced that much, he's like gonna get exposed for his frailties, stuff like that. Yeah, I couldn't disagree more, really, because when you think about it. Lampard taught last season. Lampard literally taught everyone how to play against Chelsea. You know, you would think that 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 kind of thing would be left down to like an elite Premier League manager, but that's Frank Lampard in his first season, first like three months in managing, has taught everyone how to play against Chelsea. This mm-hmm. same Frank Lampard went to Old Trafford with the Derby team and won. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This same Frank Lampard went to Southampton and won. 
The mm. same Frank Lampard, 1-0 down on aggregate, went to Ellen Road and won in the second leg of the playoff final to get Derby to the playoff final. Um, so you know what I mean? It's like he, you know, he's only had one year. But within this one year, he has definitely proven that he knows how to get results. Yeah. He especially knows how to get results in big games. Mm. So that's something that I definitely am looking forward to. But for me as well, like I said he lacks experience. But for what he lacks in experience, he has Jody Morris as well. That's very true. And Jody Morris has worked with a lot of these youth players coming up as well. Yeah. When he used to coach the under-18s. So it's, it's looking good. And we have um, Joe Edwards as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, everything's looking good. It's looking like, you know, Makaleli could come back. Drogba could come back. We'll see what happens with that. They would come back in advisor roles as well. You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens with that. But everything's, in terms of the, uh, you know, managerial position and the backroom staff, everything is looking a lot brighter than it was, you know, when it, news came out that Sarai was getting sacked and we were getting linked with a bunch of random managers. So yeah. it, it definitely is. looks like we are taking the steps that we need, um, you know, for the future. But, you know, we're not you know, sacrificing short term either. Like, I, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we're, are we going to be worse than last season? No, I think that we're going to be better than last season because it's like mm-hmm. we're getting we're getting like lone players back. And, you know, these these players are really going to be crucial to the team this season. So it's that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. But like for me, I'm going to be I mean, I don't I'm not a negative person. But if you think about it, the only thing he has going for him is the fact that he's Frank Lampard. Because right. if you look at, like like if you look everything like I mean obviously he played attractive football at Derby like last right. season. he played attractive football at Derby last season but like still they finished in the exact same position that they did the season before yeah after the play they did get to the playoff finals but they still lost you get what I mean yeah no I get what you mean yeah um, like exactly of- what I'm trying to get across so for me. Frank Lampard is to say that we're going to do better the next season. I mean, that's being optimistic, but realistically, like we did watch the game. I mean, I know you watched the game against uh, against the the Japanese team, right? Did you? Right, right. And the exact same problems we had as last season. We didn't have the finishing was poor, and the and and the, and our uh, fullbacks were horrible. I mean, yeah, we, but, like, and like Emerson is just, we all like Emerson because of how bad Alonso is. Emerson, for me, is starting next season, but I mean, I'm going to leave that for uh, another section of the podcast where we talk about like the formations and stuff. But right. for me personally, it's the exact same problems we had last season. If Sar, I mean, not to, Sari's in the past now, we have to forget about him, but if Sari actually had fullbacks and Fin- like people that could actually finish off like good plays, I think he'd still be here. And it was the exact same problem that Lampard had against uh, the Japanese team. So what's your take on that? Because I feel it's still the exact same problems that we had before. Well, for me, you know, last season are the you know the weaknesses that we saw on the team last season 
are still going to be around this season. Mm. Okay. However, in terms of fullbacks, for example, right? You know, the fullbacks that he played, like Marcus Alonso and Aspilicueta. Yeah. Frank Frank Lampard's not an idiot. You know, he yeah. he knows he knows that Alonso is fucking shit. You know, well, he knows he I knows mean, like yeah, yeah he knows like Aspie is like on his final legs. You know, he's basically done. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like Sorry Emerson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, like like I said, I'm we've discussed this before as well. Like for me, Aspilicueta has been a fantastic servant to the club. I'm yeah. on. I'm going to leave reserve for my comments, my formation, like my plan, my starting eleven for next season. But I feel like if we don't get Aspilicueta off the pitch very soon, we're going to see a replay of what happened to Ivanovic. Because remember, Ivanovic was a good player for us, right. but then as time went on, we started to hate him because he got slower. I don't know if you remember how piss poor his crosses were after some. No, work. they were awful. They were oh, awful. Oh God, that I can't. I I remember the way they like it was like a, you know, a cross that comes into like your midsection. It was such right. a cross, and he used to do the exact same thing every season. I mean, every match. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. For me, I feel like Aspilicueta has to be sorted, and like you said about Alonso, I'm no, I I dislike Alonso honestly. I think I think he's just a he's a goal merchant honestly. He just stands at the end of the post, and he go he go hands. He basically yeah. go hands. But yeah. I feel like like Lamb said, he's given everyone a chance, and uh, Alonso on. I mean, not necessarily unfortunate because I mean he. Well, no, let's be realistic. I mean, ideally, as long as you wear the blue shirt, I'd love for you to do very well. But realistically, is Alonso going to be starting for us next season? I don't think so. So oh, no, that's Emerson's. That's Emerson's spot. Yeah, yeah. No okay. way, because even in the preseason games, right? Like Marcus Alonso, you're you're a player for Chelsea Football Club, and you know we're playing Tin Pot FC, or at least for our last three games, we have been. Yeah. And and in the few games that Marcus Alonso has played against St. Patrick's. He genuinely looked like he could play for St. Patrick's. He didn't stand out at all. Mm. He looked he looked like he was on the level. And I get people will say, oh, it's preseason. Oh, it's this. He's making, you know, he's passing the ball to St. Patrick's. And it's like, you can't, like, take this out of his game. It's just, he's such an atrocious footballer, you know? It, it's like, the fact that we ever even signed him, it, I, I'll never understand it. But not to be fair, I mean it was due to the fact that we wanted to play four three four three. And yeah, also, but... like varying off topic, but generally speaking, Alonso was signed for a specific reason. And once that re- that that's the problem with the board and the fact that's an entirely different discussion entirely. Yeah. Like that's for like another day. But like just to wrap up on like the previous point. So Lampard coming back for me, I mean, I obviously have my doubts. I'm not going to come out here and be like, oh, Lampard's coming back. Yeah, no worries whatsoever. I am deeply, deeply worried. Uh, but I'm giving him the chance because he's Frank Lampard, because he's a smart, right. because he's a great personality, because the football they played at Derby looks promising as well. And he's also going to give chances to the youngsters. Now, me personally, I don't necessarily rate every single youngster that everyone keeps hyping up. Yeah, nor do I. The only youngsters we have, I mean, this is not going to go with a lot of people, but for me, the only youngsters we actually do have, 
that are even good enough to play for Chelsea FC, it has to reach James, Callum Hudson-Odoi, and maybe Mason Mount. I mean, Conor Gallagher has potential. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, Billy yeah. I don't, I don't rate Conor Gallagher at mm. all. Billy Gilmore also has potential as well. I feel yeah. of potential, yeah. Uh, Ethan Ampadu, yeah, obviously he has potential. Tammy as well, but for me, I mean, the only ones that really step out, like that stand out, have to be Hudson Odoi and Reese James. That's my personal opinion. I I'd agree with you. I think like Mason Mount. I think you know. I think he's good enough to play for us. I just don't think he's good enough to start for us. So it's the yeah. kind of thing where I think Mason Mount will start. But then when Ruben is fit and ready to go, then I totally pick Ruben ahead of Mason Mount. That's yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so now we've talked about that. And uh, we know that Lampard likes to play like a high-pressing, possession-based football game. And he's very pragmatic as well. So he does like to go on the counter as well. So right. what is your favorite formation for next season? Okay, so... We're going to do this formation, right? But we're going to assume, you know, my favorite for like everyone's fit. So my favorite formation is ideally the 4-3-3. Yeah. Because I think, you know, like, for example, he's playing like there's a debate about the 4-2-3-1. And for me, the 4-2-3-1 has had its time. Um, And it's like, you know... uh, the four-two-three-one. It's like I think Lampard's using that because it was, um, you know, it was it really it was during his playing days. Yeah, and yeah. maybe it's something to do with that because he said that he's picked up uh, a lot off of previous managers. Yeah. So maybe he's doing it for that. But for me, the limitations within the four-two-three-one are you don't really have enough midfielders forward supporting the attack to like really break teams down. For example, like yesterday, uh, Kawasaki were playing a uh, low block, right? And yeah. we really, we definitely, like in four two three one, it was clear and obvious that it wouldn't break it down. Is that partially due to the, some of the players? Yeah, because some of the players who are playing, like that second half midfield, for example, which I mentioned was atrocious. Mm. Like none of those players are going to be able to break down a team. Yeah. But, it, well, the midfield three, for example. But... The, you know, if if he's playing 4-3-3, then that changes the complexion of everything because then it allows, like, a, another midfielder to push up and join in, you know. It allows Jorginho to pick his passes and do what he wants. Yeah. I mean, he can do that in a 4-2-3-1. It's just not as effective. And plus in a 4-3-3, I just think the wingers are higher up to begin with. Okay. So it's like... When you have the wingers higher up, it's like you're pressing, you're directly pressing, you know, the back line as opposed to like the striker leading the press and then the wingers kind of like pushing back a bit, but still supporting. So I think it's a more direct press, which I think favors us. And I think it gets the best out of our best players more. Yeah. Now, before I do have my comments on the 4-2-3-1 as well, but uh, before I do say them, what 4-3-3 are you talking about? Because... A lot of people last season were talking about playing Kante and Jorginho in like a right. 4-3-3. Like, it's still a 4-3-3, but Jorginho... But you play like a defensive midfielder and you push Jorginho up more? That no, sort of... like, so basically... Inter- okay. 
Sarri's 4-3-3 was Jorginho at the base and then right. top right and then Ruben top left. Right. Well, people were saying we should have Jorginho and Kante at the base and then Ruben in front of them. So what kind of 4-3-3 are you trying to play? Well, for, and like for the midfield, because that's kind of the only questions about, around the 4-3-3. For yeah. me, I'm trying to play like Sarri's midfield more because I feel like if we're pressing, right? Yeah. I feel like, you know, if we're going to be a high-pressing team, because I, I definitely feel like, you know, like with the incorporation of Hudson Adoy and Pulisic, yeah. I don't think, you know, like last season we saw like burnout in December and January. That was mainly for me due to the age of, um, you know, some of the players. Like William and Pedro, they're they're like 30s now. They're well, not going to be able to sustainably press for a whole season. Dead elastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're so they're so trash. But like, even even though they're trash, like trash players can sometimes still have a great work rate. Their work rate went down the toilet in that time because they were exhausted because they couldn't press because they couldn't keep up with the demands. Whereas yeah. I mean, eighteen year old Hudson Adoy and twenty year old Pulisic are gonna easily be able to keep up. You know yeah. what I mean? You're gonna yeah. easily be able to press and get on their guys. So it's like we will be able to press with this team. That's I, I'm not worried about that. And yeah, it's. I feel like that's going to be good. But anyway, going back to the midfield thing, the reason why I think we should play a more Sarri-like midfield is I think it would favor Angolo Conte more, and it would get the best out of the team. Hmm. What I say by this is, last year, for me, was Angolo Conte's best season in a Chelsea shirt. Hmm. And... It, that's an I, interesting take, yeah. Carry the on. The reason why is because he scored his most goals... You know, he had the most end product last season. But we also saw, like, a new side of Conte come out that couldn't have come out in previous systems before, like, under yeah. Conte. Yeah. Because yeah. he's playing in a more attacking role. So it's like, oh, this guy is getting better at shooting. You know what I mean? This guy is getting better at this. He's getting better at passing. And his dribbling ability was always there. Like, I saw it, you know? And it really came to the forefront Ooh. last season. United like, in his first season as well. Remember that goal? Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, carry on. Well, and in the cup, right? In the FA Cup against United. Oh yeah. no, 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 that yeah, goal, that goal, right? Yeah. But I, the other one as well, the four yeah, 0 like the one where we beat them four <laughs> nil. Yeah. yeah. Was I was, oh. I was at, I was at the gate. I was at the FA Cup game. I remember that goal. Yeah. I remember thinking, holy shit, it's Conte that scored. You know what I mean? But anyway. Going back to like what I think Conte would do this season, I think Conte is better up because say we're going to be pressing, right? Yeah. If Conte can, you know, orchestrate that press and you know, Jorginho can be behind him and lead everyone because Jorginho is a great leader in my opinion. And exactly, that's what Frank Lampard's been saying all week. In like, yeah. his recent press conference was like, Jorginho is basically the guy who's like shouting at players and getting them to do. Thing that if they're not, uh, yeah, I, he ha he has a high standard, and Frank appreciates that. So all those people that are saying that Jorginho is not good enough, to the left, to the left, please, one yeah. side, yeah. So yeah, I get what you mean. Carry on. So anyway, I just think Conte would help lead that press. You know what I mean? Like, cause we, Conte has an engine on him. Yeah. So it's like that. That's definitely it's one of his really really good attributes. So it's like if Conte's helping to lead that press. And we're all pressing together as a team. It's going to create a ton of opportunities. You know what I mean? So that that's kind of my thoughts on that. Yeah. 
I agree with you. I agree with you. Like, because for me personally, like, I did see the four four two diamond, and I do see potential in that. Honestly, I do. But one of my problems with that formation was that is the fact that if Giroud is going to be playing, then he's not going to be able to press as much as the others. If you get what I right, mean, right, right. Because ideally, I'm trying to keep my um, starting XI for next season, like for the next segment of the podcast. But right, it's gone here. Like, if you have players like Mason Mount and like Pulisic, pre- because like at the moment we have Hudson Odoi out injured, Ruben out injured, Reese James out injured. Yeah, I don't expect us to play a four-three-three with William. Or Pedro and then Giroud up front. Now I'm not even looking forward to that against Manchester United. So I'm looking at more like a four-four-two diamond. So for me personally, I just feel like, yeah, I agree with you. Like the starting formation for next season should be four-three-three. Because and a lot of people on Chelsea Twitter keep on saying that we should play four-two-three-one. Come on, yeah. guys. Come on. We're no longer in the past. Like. It doesn't, like, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't work, but, like, it's so outdated. It doesn't make any yeah. sense to have, like, so many bodies in the midfield. And it's so packed as well. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure there's a way around it. But, like, I remember the one time Sari tried to play that and, like, there was literally no space to play. You get what right. I mean? Since we have so, like, we have some really trash fullbacks. Like, we yeah. don't have, I mean, Emerson's decent. I feel like he can get better. And he was a beast at Roma. But... Yeah, I feel like I feel like this season Emerson is definitely gonna be a very good player for us, and I definitely think he's gonna refine what he found at Roma. Yeah. But the like main fullback I'm excited for is Reese James when he comes back. Honestly, Reese in it. No, yeah. he's gonna be absolutely amazing when he gets back. Yeah, he's gonna. But be like amazing. I was saying, so for the four-two-three-one, I think we need to leave that in the past. I mean, yeah. I'm sure Jorginho. I'm, see, look, the thing with Jorginho for me is. Let's not forget this guy plays up front for Italy. He doesn't play, like, the regista position that we call it. We, he doesn't play that for Italy at all. He plays slightly further forward. And you guys, like, Jorginho moves the ball quickly. I don't right. think I don't think of any... Like, remember, you guys, let's remember that Man City, like, Pep Guardiola wanted to get Jorginho to play Manchester City. That is a massive statement, you know? Yeah. Like, Oh, do you know I need you? Like, they play some fantastic football. Like, any team in the world. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to get into all the teams on the planet, but what I'm trying to say is that Jorginho, personally, is uh, he can adapt. Like, so he can play for. He's not just a. Re- I mean, he is a niche player, and that's what we've known for the past few years on the Sari as well. But I feel like as long as you can move the ball as quickly as Jorginho does, and he's also press resistant as well. As long right. as you do those two things, you're going to be really good. Yeah. It is necessary to play possession-based football. And that's exactly what, sorry, I mean, not sorry, not sorry, uh, Lampard's trying to do. Yep. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think we've kind of hit everything on that. So why don't yeah. we move into our starting 11 predictions for next season? Oof. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Who do you want to go first? Me, you? Uh, I, I have no preference. What do you want? Oh, I think you should go first, then. All right, all right. So, for me, right? Okay. Um, starting 11 predictions. Now, I think when we say starting 11 predictions, we have to break it down into two categories. Okay. The, the category for how we're going to start the season, 
and the best possible team that we can play when everyone's fit. Okay, okay. So yeah. I'll I'll start off with the way that I want us to start the season. Against Man United, right? Against Man United at Old Trafford. Yeah. I want us to start the season at Old Trafford with a 4-4-2 diamond. And the reason I want that is because do I want to be seeing Willian and Pedro on the pitch? Hell no. Hell no. So it's like, I think the 4-4-2 for the players that we currently have fit, I think that we can play the best possible players we have in that formation. And I think that we can definitely, you know, get a positive result at Old Trafford. Because the thing is, if we look at United's team, right? United's team is trash. And Mm. I think if, if we, I think we definitely have a better team than them. So yeah. I think even even with like star players out, even like currently, if you played the two teams, I think we're the better team. I think the four four two diamond allows us to control the midfield way more than United will be able to do. And yeah. usually in big games, if you have midfield control, you, you've got the game. Yeah. So for anyway, I'll go I'll go through the players. So Kepa, uh, this is the, for the four four two. So Kepa and Goal, obviously. Yeah. You know, we're not we're Caballero certified backup, but you know Kepa for me very good goalkeeper. We'll see how it keeps developing. Left back for me has to be Emerson. Can't really be anyone else. Anything else would be criminal. I mean, I, mean, I do I, like Juan Castillo as well, but yeah, yeah, I think Castillo is a really uh, promising young player. You know, I I think whenever I've seen him play, he's always performed really well. He's a very technically gifted player, so I really like that. Um, but yeah, it has to, it has to be Emerson starting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then for my center back pairing, I'm gonna go with Big Kurt Zuma mm. and David and David Luiz. Now mm. I go with Kurt Zuma, right? Because this guy is aerially a monster. He's defending yeah. his defending one v one. His athletic ability is unlike anything else that we possess at this club. Mm. He he also reads the game as well, like. Um, as well, and, and there's an, like, an argument with Zuma that he's not technically good enough. I yeah. don't know where that this argument is, has come from. Because last, last year at Everton, whenever I was watching him play balls forward, they were always very accurate, and they always landed right, you know, by the winger's foot or by the striker or whoever he was passing it to. So I, I totally think that argument is dumb, and it's, it's just, it's, you know, it's a complete joke. Um, so yeah, Zuma... There and Zuma's also going to help on set pieces because last yeah. season he sucked at defending set pieces. So yeah. Zuma, with his aerial ability, will definitely help with defending set pieces. Now we have David Luiz, and the reason I picked David Luiz over someone like you know maybe Christensen um, or Rudiger. For me, Rudiger he he isn't great. You know he he kind of turns his back on the ball a lot. He he runs a lot. He he doesn't read the game very well. Um, and for Christensen, you know, could we start him in later games? Yes. But the reason I wouldn't start him in this game is because for me, he's not very physically up to it. And we'll see who's playing up front. But say, you know, if Lukaku hasn't gotten his move to Inter and he's still at Man United, I don't want Romelu Lukaku going against Christensen. I want him going against, I want him going against Zuma. Because if, Lukaku goes against Christensen, and he's backing up into Christensen. What do you mean? Christensen would get bullied. So, like, 
Um, anyway, David, another reason I want David Luiz. David Luiz is the, le- the leader, you know. For me, he's the real captain in this team. Whenever yeah. I see, look at the defense, I kind of see Aspie, like, moaning and, like, moping about. I see David Luiz pointing and shouting at everyone, telling everyone what to do. And I think he's the real leader in this team. Plus, his long passes can help us play out. And I think, you know, as a center back, he's very good. When David Luiz gets exposed for being, like, quote-unquote, a bad defender, it's really when he's had to be forced out into the wide areas. And when he's forced out into the wide areas, he's covering for, like, you know, like last season. He was covering for Marcos Alonso's mistakes. So whenever he pushed yeah. out into the wide areas and cover, is he going to get beaten? Yeah, because he's, you know, he's not the fastest and he's rushing out and trying to win the ball. It's like, it's one of his only options, really. So it's like, yeah. that's why he's getting beaten. When he's actually sticking to the center back role and he's playing center back, He's a great centre-back, in my opinion. And I'm going to yeah. cut you off right there, because right. I want to put you on the spot. Okay. On the spot. So, basically, it's a bit obvious that Aspie's going to be the captain next season. Right. And now that we don't have Gary Cahill, we don't have uh, Eden Hazard, who do you reckon the voice is going to be? And then, obviously, like, the potential... Because I feel Aspilicueta and David, David Luiz, realistically, I mean, yeah. I know... He signed a contract recently, didn't he? Who, David Luiz? Yeah, I see. He signed. I one. think he did. I don't. I don't remember, but I believe he did. Yeah. Um, but... yeah, yeah. Anyway, I would. I would definitely like for me. My captain would be David Luiz, but like obviously it's going to be Aspie. So vice captain definitely David Luiz because it's like we also see like on Twitter and Instagram. David Luiz is always, you know, with the young players as well, making them feel welcome, get helping yeah. them get accustomed to everything. Like yeah. he's been, he's been with Mason Mount like all of preseason pretty much. He's been helping Pulisic out. He's you yeah, know, he's I saw pictures with him and Pulisic like the first day as well. He was training right. Pulisic, yeah. So it's like he's a real leader and a real role model and a big figure at the club. So I, you know, I, for me, David Luiz. Um, definitely my vice captain. Obviously, he can't be the captain. If he could be, he'd be my captain. But yeah. So anyway, moving on to the right back for the four four two, I'd say Aspley for now because like we don't really have anyone else. Like we have Zappa, but come on. Like mm. I'd say Aspley for now. You know, he's the captain. Do I think he's excellent? No, he's terrible going forward in my opinion. He's. Yeah. He's okay at defending, but he's really like he's nowhere near like I mean he's nowhere I, near like, I was I could have argued about a year ago or two years yeah, ago. Yeah. Like he was like I could argue with my chest held high that he was the best one on one defender in the Premier League. Right. But now, right. I mean, like I said, with age and time, he's no longer as sharp as he used to be. Obviously, he's no longer as good as he used to be. So, yeah, I kind of agree with that. And Zappa Costa as well. Oh, no. Dear God, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, Aspie, Aspie for me for that for that formation. Then we move into the diamond. Mm. So, for me, the base of that diamond has to be Jorginho. Yeah. Jorginho Jorginho is another it. leader in the team. But Jorginho, you know, his passing is very underrated. It's, it's criminally underrated, in fact, because people were slagging him off for not getting assists. The reason he didn't get assists last year is because none of the strikers would finish his damn chances. Like, he created so many... He created at least 10 chances, I can remember. The strikers should have put away easily, and they didn't. So, you know, definitely, definitely would play 
um, uh, Jorginho there. And yeah. anyway, moving into the two central midfielders, for me, it has to be Kante on the right and Kova on the left. Mm. So Kante, right? Kante, he's going to dominate and boss the midfield in that area, along with Kova. They're both excellent at it. They'll win the ball back for us. They'll, they'll drive forward and they'll lead attacks. Um, and then they'll pass it off or, you know, maybe Kante shoots. But they're definitely going to be pivotal, especially for that big um, opening day game at Old Trafford. Um, so, yeah, I definitely would play them. Then at number 10, I'm going to play Mason Mount. And people are going to say, you know, where's Pulisic in all this? Like, what are you doing? Just just wait. Um, Mason Mount, for me, when people when Mason Mount says he's an eight, right, I don't necessarily agree with that because when I, when like was he playing eight at Derby last season? Yeah, but when I was watching him like in the academy, for example, or at Vitesse, he was not necessarily playing at like a number ten, but he was playing a lot more like a number ten than he was a number eight. Mm. So for me, if we play Mount up there, I feel like that gets the best out of him as well because Mount is really good at pressing, so he can yeah. help lead he can help lead the press from up there. He's gonna, you know, he can shoot from up there. He can he can find key passes. He can link up. He will find the half space to get to get into position to receive the ball. Everything, what is his game? I think you can get the best out of him in that position. Now moving up to the front two, and then we'll, this will be the last um, for this formation. So for the front two, right? I'm gonna have Olivier Giroud. And I'm gonna have Christian Pulisic. Mm. Now people could be thinking, like, you know, you know, where's where's Michi? Where's you know all of this? And you know, where's where's Tammy? For me, right? Christian Pulisic in the in this best possible team, I would play him here because having watched him for the U.S. national team for like three years now, having watched him at Dortmund for a few years, I can definitely tell you. That Christian's Pulisic is more than capable of playing this position. He, it's it's one of his best positions, in my opinion. His two best positions are secondary striker and left wing. Is he a good right winger? Yeah. And is that what I want him, uh, us to use him in later on in the season? Yes, definitely. I think he's I think he's a good right winger. And if there's one thing for sure, he's definitely better than William and Pedro, who are the only two we Maybe have available. My left, my left yeah. leg. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um. But, yeah, I mean, so we have Giroud there. And the reason I have Giroud there is because Giroud's link-up play is so good. And I think it'll really complement Pulisic. And I think if we can get Pulisic isolated and let him do his thing, mm. I think it's going to be very hard for the Man United defense. And I didn't watch, you know, the Man United game today because I know they played Inter Milan on the day of recording this. And I know they won 1-0. But apparently Lindelof picked up an injury in this game. Mm. And, you know, if they don't have Lindelof, who, in my opinion, is their best center back, and I, I don't really rate him that highly in the first place, you know, if they don't have Lindelof, then Christian Pulisic going against, like, Chris Smalling, like, come on. He's going <laughs> to he's gonna burn him. So it's like... Destroy him, yeah. And, and he's going to be able to link up with Giroud. And I think Giroud, you know, he... he, he if he gets a chance, he'll score. If we get the ball in his head, he'll score, in my opinion. Is he as good a finisher as Michi and, um, you know, Tammy? No, I think he's probably 
I think he's on the level of finishing that Tammy has, and he Michi is by, like definitively a better finisher. But I think Sharu just adds more to our game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I definitely, you know, I definitely think that he'll help link everything up. Whereas I think Michi kind of would struggle with that. So that's mm-hmm. my that's my you know how I'd start the season until everyone's back. Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna move into um what's it called. Like, um, yeah, yeah when, now I'm gonna. Fit. Hmm? When everyone is fit. Yeah, yeah, when everyone's fit. So this is my team for when everyone's fit. Um, so obviously Keppa and Goal. Four three three. Yeah, four three three, right? Yep. Um, yeah, four three three. Keppa and Goal, like I said. Yep. Left back Emerson. I already discussed I why. Yeah. You know why? No point in discussing that. It's obvious. You know, center backs, I'd stick with my same pairing as in the 4 4 2. I'd stick with Louise and I would stick with Zuma as my center back pairing. Right back, it has to be him. It has to be him. The best player in the championship last season, in my mm. opinion. It has to be Reese James at right back. Reese James, in right. my opinion, single handedly kept Wigan up in the championship last season. I don't he think. Was any doubt about that to be honest yeah he was he was insane um but yeah i mean reese james has to be he's the in my opinion as well the best crosser at this club so Mm. you know reese james definitely for me um now i want to play like in in my midfield right i've mentioned this earlier in the uh podcast I want to play kind of a similar Sarri-esque midfield because I really like that, especially for the kind of pressing that we're going to want to have in this team because this team can definitely press. I want to have Jorginho at the base. Mm -hmm. Then I want to have Kante further up on the right side. Mm -hmm. And then I want want Ruben on that left-hand side. And that's my midfield. And people could Mm -hmm. be saying, why not Mason Mount? Or, you know, why not, you know, Kovacic even? Like, the reason is for me... Ruben possesses a skill set that I really I haven't seen in any other player. Am yeah. I saying that kind of player has never existed before? No. But I'm saying with my two eyes, I have never seen a midfielder built like Ruben and dribble the way he does. You mm. know? But yeah. like it, it, so it's like that it, his his talent and his ability that he possesses is ridiculous. And, you know, the only way is up, really, for Ruben. Like, yeah. He, hopefully, hopefully, this is the last of his goddamn injuries. You know. Yeah, it's such but, a shame he gets injured so frequently as well. I, mean, the I feel like. Is, yeah. The yeah. thing is, I was at the I was at the friendly match that he got injured at, and I was like, "Fuck, not again! Not like this. This can't be happening." Like, ah, uh, like hopefully they're behind him, and you know, hopefully he comes back even stronger. But. If we can get Ruben Loftus cheek, no injuries for the rest of his career, we're gonna have a world class player under our books. That's yeah. definitely. Now we're gonna move on to the front three. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, this is this is where things in my mind get a hell of a lot better than last season. Okay. In terms of end product. Left wing, should I say any more, you know? Gonna be wearing number ten for us, hopefully. Probably signing a new five-year deal. Mm-mm. My boy, Callum Hudson Adoy. You know, 
Yeah. Talent. Best 18 year old in the world. And I'm saying this right now. Best That's 18 year old. Fair enough. He has the ability, you know, he has everything. For me, just the best overall 18 year old in the world. And people said, oh my God, what are you saying? You know, look at Sancho, you know, look, look at, you know, your other players. Look at Joao Felix. For me, right? Mm. Callum Hudson Adoy possesses all of the things that those players have, but he has more than that. I've never seen him. Callum Hudson Adoy, he dribbles with both feet. You know the way the way he makes everything look so simple. The way he just all he has to do is just drop a shoulder and he can beat a man. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know has um, you know everything, right? But it's like he has to be him. And then just to wrap up the final two positions, right? Um, Michi has to be up front for me. Going to finish off the chances that Hudson, Adoy, and Pulisic will provide him. And then I just gave away my right winger. Christian Pulisic has to be him. No better yeah. right winger we have in the books. And, you know, he's got a lot of potential and we'll definitely see how he does. So, right. yeah, what, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? So, for me, basically, uh, you know... I thought about it, and initially for me, our starting XI for the beginning of the season was going to be a 4-4-2 diamond as well. But I have a bit of a more controversial take on this, and I'm going to get slandered for being, like, when I say hypocritical, because me personally, okay, you know what, I'm not going to spoil it, but basically it's going to be a 4-3-3. Okay. Interesting, I know, 4-3-3 against so United. Start. Just, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, at left back, it has to be Emerson. Alonso should, I mean, I'm not going to slander Alonso anymore. I mean, he's, we all know Alonso, and I mean, he's pretty trash, in my opinion. So, I'm going to leave it at that. So, Emerson starts at the left for me. On the right, it has to be Aspilicueta. Like I said before, I mean, he's lost his, he's losing his legs. And I really do like Aspilicueta as well. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to see what happened. What happened to Ivanovic? I don't want it to happen to Aspie as well. So right. I'm hoping that Reese James can get in and save his ass real quick. But yeah, so my full backs, that's Emerson and Aspilicueta. Now, in defence, it has to be David Luiz and Kurt Zuma as well for me. Okay. Because David, like, we need. Like, for me, it could be either Zuma or Christensen, but we need to... I mean, Zuma is no longer, like, young. He's 24 or 25, 24 or 25. 24, but, yeah. Yeah, but we need to make... We have to, We need to have, like, a more senior centre-back playing. And uh, Rudiger... Okay. For me, no, Rudiger and Zuma... I don't think Rudiger can play with anyone except from Luis or Christensen. Someone that is smart. I mean, Zuma is pretty smart, but like intellectually, I know that I feel like he wouldn't pair very well with Rudiger. Okay. Like their styles don't complement each other. Right. I mean, for now, it has to be David Luiz and Zuma. Now, like I said, in the midfield, for me, oh, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, Jorginho has to start at the base for me. I know it's quite an unpopular opinion on Twitter as well. I mean, a lot of people feel like Kante isn't in this natural position. But, I mean, we're going to get to that in another episode. Don't worry. We're going to be talking about that. 
and uh, the number 10 position if it still exists. But Kata in another episode. But like I was saying, like uh, so basically it has to be Jorginho at the base. Then we have Kante on the right. And it has to be Mason Mount on the left. That boy, his pressing is absolutely beautiful. Like, he presses with so much energy and to be required against the United side that basically, well, I mean, no disrespect to United, but like, whew, they're not the best at the moment. Like, I mean, they did make a few signings, but nah, I don't really, irregardless of who, like, who they, I mean, except as long as we don't have Bakayoko in, like, this midfield, we're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Now, this is where my controversial stuff comes in. Ooh, on the left wing, we have the Elastico Merchant himself. The Brazilian-wigged Elastico Merchant, William. Now, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with that. But for me, I feel like... But you'd understand why it's said... I mean, okay, you know what? I'm just going to make it open right now. So Pulisic on the right and then Michi Bachuai, Batman in the middle. Now, the reason behind this is because Willian always seems to play better on the left wing. Yeah, he, he does. He does. And I feel like Bachuai is the kind of player that benefits off the fact that, like, if you can get a ball in the middle of... So it's between Bachuai and Tammy, but Bachuai just edges this one for me because, okay. I mean... Yeah, it's just, it's more like, I wouldn't say experience, but I just feel more comfortable with Batshuayi against United. Because, I mean, Tammy's really, really good in the 18-yard box, but I just feel more comfortable with Batshuayi. And Pulisic is such a great cross of the ball as well. And, yeah, I mean, if Willing is going in on from the left wing, he, he know he takes those shots that are not always successful, but, I mean, when they go in, they're magnificent. So, I think we could just give Willing a chance on the left wing. Now, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you want to say something? No, 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 no. I was just, I was just saying, I was just saying, like, you know, thinking kind of while saying that. Like, I definitely can agree on that. It's just, yeah, you know, I know. Yeah, William, William cutting in, like, can William cut in? Yeah, but last season it kind of looked like he lost that. But you mm. know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Like, he's, he's had a whole summer to rest. The legs are fresh again. We'll see. Hmm. So. Now, for me, uh, I did agree with your, uh, if everyone is, when everyone is fully fit, I did agree with what you said most for the most part. But for me, nah, I mean, at the defence, I think Luis is absolutely crucial to this team because of his energy. The energy, oh, David Luiz has great energy. Like, that guy is, like, he's the kind of guy that I love to go on this podcast. Wink. Yeah. Wink. But anyways, like I was saying, he's kind of guy that he's quite amazing as well as an individual. And for me, I think we need to start phasing him out. So I feel like the mid, the light yeah. has to be Christensen and Zuma. At the end, like towards the end of the season when everyone is fully fit and everything. Now, I'm right. on the left and then obviously we have Reese James, my boy, Reese James on the goddamn right-hand side. And then, obviously, in midfield, we have Bakayoko, best player, and I'm banting. You guys don't block me yet. I am just joking. We obviously <laughs> have Gino and Kante, and we have Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I mean, for me, I kind of feel like... Uh, I'm not, I don't want to be that... Because Mason has a lot of potential, and he's Lampard's boy. But I feel like it has to be healthy competition for that number eight position. 
And also, let's also not forget that Lampard is going to be really flexible formations. I mean, he's not going to be as flexible as he is now. At the moment, I feel like he's just trying out like different formations to see like what's best for him and what things he could use during the season. But he's going to use at least two formations this next season. I mean, this upcoming season. And uh, yeah, so basically, I feel like they would both get the chance to play. But in the 4-3-3, like I've said, it has to be Ruben. The way he picks up the ball and drives at the defence is absolutely amazing. Then on the yeah. left wing... Callum Hudson Odoi. Anyone else? Nah, I don't want to see Willian or Pedro in the second half of the season, honestly. Like, they should just. Ah, to the left, please. To the left. And then on the right hand side, we've got Will. No, not William. Jesus. Before I get on to that. On the right hand side, we have Pulisic. Down the middle. Now, down the middle for me is really difficult. Because once again, we haven't really... I mean, Giroud has scored the most goals so far during this preseason, but I'm not sure about who a striker is going to be next season. I feel... It, I don't know who Lampard... I really don't know who's going to play there. I mean, yeah. I, it's, it's so difficult to actually say someone who's going to play there. I mean, because I mean, right here on my notes, I have I basically have Batshuayi, but... I don't know. I really, really don't know. Because, I mean, I don't know how... Giroud, for me, can score goals, but his conversion rate last season wasn't the best. And he's not necessarily the best at pressing either. I mean, he does try, yeah. but when you're fast enough to press the way Lampard wants to. And the only strikers we have that are actually possibly capable of doing such a thing are uh, Tammy and uh, Batshuayi. So, for me, I'm just choosing Batshuayi because, like, I mean, who else are you going to put there, if you get what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, I understand. So, for me, I mean, now, moving on to close off the main section of this podcast, Josh, for yeah. your, what are you expecting for like the final, like the season? What are you expecting? Like, where do you think we're going to finish? How far do you think we're going to go in like the uh, in the uh, local competitions, like the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup? What do you think of the Champions League? What are you thinking of all those things? All right. So for me, I currently think that on paper, yeah, we are the fourth best team in the league. And I think that's where we'll finish. I think we'll finish fourth this season. Mm. And I think I think Man City are going to win the league again. I mm. think Liverpool Liverpool to finish second. I think Spurs, due to the signing of Endon Bele, and Spurs mm. are yeah. Spurs are like we have. However much we hate to say it, we have to be objective. Currently, Spurs are a better team than us, in my opinion. Well, so, I mean, I mean, well, when you say better team. You mean well? Okay, yeah. I mean, like they're not, they're not, they're not better by like a ton, but they're marginally better, you know. Do you mean like squad wise? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean squad wise, yeah. All right. Um, now for fifth, um, you know, I think, and then I think we'll finish fourth. Now, you know, in terms of where other teams will finish, people say what? You know, United or, or Arsenal? What about them in the top four? For me, right. Arsenal and United are both so shit. Like, <laughs> like if you look at Arsenal, right? That's a big Arsenal, one. Arsenal are a joke. 
They have a 40 million transfer budget, so they effectively have a transfer ban as well, because you can't buy anyone like noticeable with 40 FC, million. Just the FC, yeah, we yeah, are. Yeah. We, w is still a massive W, like regardless, like we still sign fucking Kovacic as well. Yeah. And like, I mean, the the Arsenal thing hasn't been confirmed because I mean, I read on Twitter today that they signed this young, like I don't know what it is with Arsenal, like, like these young French boys, but I yeah. think they signed someone that they're loaning back to Lyon. Oh, okay, okay. Like, I, I, have, I haven't seen it, no. But. Oh, fair enough. I'm not sure if I'm right or wrong, but like I saw something like that this afternoon. Yeah. Even even so, like Arsenal, yeah, they're, no way they get in the top four in my opinion. They're all, they're awful, absolutely awful. And for Man United, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like they, I can't like, it's hard to decide who's worse between Arsenal and United. Mm. Like for me, I think Arsenal's marginally better. Um, but you know. Like, it, it really is just up for debate. Like, because I think, um, even though, right, uh, like, you know, United have brought in, like, Trent, not Trent Alexander, what am I talking about? Aaron Wambasaka. And, you know, they brought in, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, Daniel James. For me, Daniel James is trash. So mm. let's, let's, you know, that's, that's an irrelevant signing, in my opinion. Mm. Um, How- they're really. The really like the only like other two signings so far. Aaron Wabasaka is the only one that's going to make their team better, and he's not even going to make it that substantially better. So, mm. um, you know, and the only other players that I've seen them really linked to are like Bruno Fernandez, um, maybe Sean Longstaff a bit, and then it looks like Harry Maguire is probably going to go to United as well. So like, none of those players are going to significantly improve United. You know what I mean? And Paul Pogba's already said that he wants out. And for me, Pogba's a great player, and he's United's best player, even though he gets, like, scrutinized heavily. He's still their best player, in my opinion. Yeah. So, for me, if they lose Pogba, United, and United fans, you're fucked, man. You, like, you're, you're, getting, you're getting an eighth-place finish. So, I mean, yeah. Anyway... Enough about other teams, so let's just focus on us, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so, we, I talked about the league, so let's go into the Cups. So, Carabao Cup, I don't know, you know, we could we could make another big run in the Cup, you know, we could see how we do. Um, I'm going to say, like, semifinals, and we get knocked out against, like, a team like City. You know what I mean? I yeah. think that, that's what will happen. Uh, FA Cup, um... You know, I think could we win the FA Cup? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, and it's Chelsea, so we always end with the trophy. So I say, you know, we'll have an FA Cup final day, and I think we'll win the FA Cup. Mm. You know, I think because we always, no matter what, we end with the trophy. So I mm. think we'll win the FA Cup this season. Now, and how will, how we do the Champions League? Like, we're far off from being, like, an elite, elite side. So, it's like, I'm not expecting anything more than round of 16. I think we'll get to the round of 16 and get knocked out. Um, But you never know. You know, we could go on a fairytale run. You know, it it would be typical Chelsea, you know, to get to, like, the semifinals or something like that. Just pull off something crazy. So, but, 
you know, would I be surprised if it happened? A little bit. But, uh, you know, obviously I'd be super excited. But for me, round of 16, we get knocked out against a team that's probably better than us. Right. All right. What about you? What about you? So for me, I mean, I'm going to be realistic. I feel, I mean, like putting us in fourth position, I mean, on paper, it makes a lot of sense. But, ooh, I mean, I'd love us to get in a Champions League position next season. Like, I mean, forgetting about like Lampard aside, we are Chelsea Football Club. Like, I mean, I'm glad we won Europa last season, but what the for like, if you want to make being in the Europa world, it's not the kind of competition you get to the semifinals. The semifinals, and you're like, oh, great, we got to the semifinals. Nah, mate, that's not what it is at all. So for me, if realistically it's in between fourth and seventh, I don't know. I don't think we're going to do that badly. But yeah, if I were to choose like a specific number, it just has to be fourth because I can't see us dropping outside the top. Yeah. I mean, we're still the transfer window is still open, and United and Arsenal. It's unlikely, but they could still shock us with some really massive signings. I mean, it's highly unlikely, but it's still possible. You get what I mean? Right, right. Exactly. Now for the cups, uh, I feel like I don't, I, I can't see us winning the Carabao Cup. I mean, because like I feel Man City is going to go for the Champions League all out this season as well. Yeah, and definitely. So like they're all going to be more concentrated on such things. I mean, I see us winning either the Carabao or the FA Cup. I mean, it's a big shout, but like, if the youth can win one of those trophies, it'll be a really good stepping stone for the next season. Yeah, definitely. I'm just trying, this season, for me, basically, is just seeing, look, what. so which youngsters do we have? How well are they playing in their assigned positions? And if you're not good enough, then we get world-class talent in that position. You get what I mean? Right, that's exactly what I think as well. Exactly. So that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for for next season. And as for the Champions League, well, I mean, as long as we get out of the group stage, to be honest, I'd be okay. Yeah. I mean, we're most likely going to get out, but I mean, quarterfinals would be a really good run with this squad. What do you reckon? Yeah, no quarterfinals. I definitely would say, you know. Yeah, that would be really impressive. But I, yeah, like for me, I can't see us going past the round of sixteen. Like I said, mm, fair enough. Okay, so now we're done with the main stuff of the podcast. So yeah, now are you guys probably wondering more about. I mean, you guys, we're going to try and introduce ourselves more to you guys, like so you guys can know who you're listening to. Right, right. If you're like on the toilet. I don't know if you're like washing. I don't know what you're doing. If you're walking somewhere and listening to this podcast. If you've made it this far into the podcast, now that is absolutely amazing. Just Yeah, fair play, fair play. Yeah, must and like I don't know, just let us know you got to the end of the podcast. Just say I don't know. I don't know. Just let us know you got to the end of the podcast. Yeah. You'd get to the end of the podcast because I especially since it's the first one without any guests. But like we said before, we're trying to get on some new guests as well. Like we're gonna get on because this podcast is mainly going to be both of us. And we're yep. going to get guests in from time to time. And I'm not kidding you when I say the caliber of guests we're going to get on in the future is going to be like, you're not going to expect that caliber of guests on the podcast that is free. Trust, yeah. trust me, we have some. Obviously, we're not going to put any names out there because nothing is official yet. But we do have some contacts on yep. Chelsea Twitter as well. And I, we do know some players as well, but let's leave that aside. 
But yeah, so Josh, would you like to introduce yourself better to uh, the audience? Right. So, you know, I'm I'm Josh and, you know, just just kind of everyday kid pretty much who's a Chelsea fan. So I live in Boston, in Massachusetts, yeah. so in, in America, uh, 16, you know, uh, currently on summer holiday. So I have a lot of time, which is it's great, nice and relaxing. But yeah. I guess I can talk about how I became a Chelsea fan, you know, so how really, cool. really, I'm a Chelsea fan because of my dad. Mm. And the reason that my dad's a Chelsea fan is because he grew up in Chelsea. So my dad grew up, let's see, 20 minutes away from the stadium. Mm. So, and my granddad always supported Chelsea. So my granddad, like, still lives in that flat 20 minutes away from Stamford Bridge. Oh, wow. So, so whenever I get to go over and watch games, I always stay there. And it's always really nice because it's like I can do, I can take the walk. As I say, I walked to Stamford Bridge from mm. the flat, so it's really nice because I get to soak up like pre-match atmosphere, and it's it's just really it's one of my favorite things to do in the world. But yeah, I'm I'm a Chelsea fan because of my dad, and you know, it's, it, as soon as as soon as I was born, the first thing I had was a pair of Chelsea pajamas that I was put in in the hospital. So, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much why I'm a Chelsea fan. I've been a Chelsea fan since I was born. And, don't really want to have it any other way. Yeah. Well, me personally, I mean, I, I'm dummy. So, uh, yeah, I'm dummy. I'm 19. I live in Sheffield in the UK. So that's uh, up north for you guys that live. I don't know. Yeah, that's basically up north. Now, why am I a Chelsea fan? My uncle, uh, my godfather, he was a Chelsea fan. And I know it's cliche, but I did... I had literally had no choice. I mean, I'm so glad I am a Chelsea fan because I was born in like the Roman era, and wow, that is such a fantastic time to be like to be involved with Chelsea. But yeah, I got jerseys from before I was born, so I've had multi. I've had a lot of jerseys in the past. So my uncle has. I have had a jersey for each season since 1999 because I was born in 2000. So. I have a jersey for each of those seasons. I mean, I don't have all of them on me, but I have most of them are with my uncle who used to buy them for me all the time. But yeah, that's how I became a Chelsea fan. That's how I became a Chelsea fan. Mm-hmm. Nice. Enough. So I've so, got fire quests, quick fire questions. But before I do, how tall are you? How tall am I? Yeah. I, I am six foot. Six foot? That's yeah, man. bad, not bad. Okay, at least we have some height on this podcast. I am six foot five. Jesus Christ. Yep, I am six foot five. Yeah, six foot five yeah. and a half, actually. I mean, uh, I, know, I know this sounds like the stereotypical answer for someone that wants to get taller, but I mean, I still, like, according to the doctors, I guess I have two years left growing, so I'm probably <laughs> going to end up being, like, six three, mm. something like that, but I mean... I'm just pre- like six three sounds like a good height to me because yeah, I I I I got height I have height in my genes throughout my family like mm. I have my great like, great uncle for example my great uncle when he was alive sadly he passed away but when he when he was alive he was six foot fucking eight and yeah, yeah and when he it, the only reason he was six eight is because they had to give him shots to stop growing so if he if he didn't get those shots he would have been easily seven foot. Whoa. Hell. Whoa. Yeah, man. 
That's ridiculous, mate. It's crazy. Hey, fair. Do you play any sports? Yeah, I play football. Oh, fair enough. Well, so, I mean, I play football, play basketball. I mean, gymming isn't a sport, but I go gym as well. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I do. I swim. I play a bit of hockey. I play a bit of tennis. Yeah, I play Ooh. table tennis as well. Yeah, I play quite a lot, a lot. of sports. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I have some quick fire questions for you. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah. Now, if you could buy any type of food right now, what would you buy? Oh, you know, I'm going to have to go with Thai food. I absolutely mm. love Thai food. Mm. Uh, there's this uh, there's this Thai place around the corner from my house, and uh, some of the best Thai food I've ever had. The people there from from Thailand, it's it's so good, they're really nice. So I, yeah, I'd have to say Thai food for me. Fair enough. Describe. Okay, well, I mean, I think I'm gonna. I mean, it's not necessarily quick for me, but like I'm still gonna answer the question regardless. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I absolutely love pasta. Anything pasta related. So. Yeah pasta and sauce or stir fry like anything that has to do with spaghetti or macaroni anything along those lines you can call me and i'll be there instantly now if you were to describe yourself in three words what would you say that's hard um i'd say passionate has to be one of them because after after some bad performances, I I I really get pissed off. Mm. So I'd have to say I'd have to say passionate. Um, I'd say carefree, not mm. just not just because of like you know being a Chelsea fan, but just in general. Like I'm a pretty relaxed person. Like obviously I care about people, but you know when people get so stressed out about things, it's like you just gotta relax. So I'd say I'm I'm a carefree person. To an extent and then lastly i just say um i don't know i'd say i'm relatively like crazy but in a good way i think <laughs> so uh, like sword. yeah i think i'm i i'm definitely like i know a ton of people on twitter will definitely think you know oh yeah he's crazy but yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely am crazy to an extent. Like I'm mellow now, obviously, because mm. you know there's no reason to be like, you know, uh, really like pissed off or anything. But like, tune you know, into podcast when Chelsea loses and you're gonna yeah. get an Josh. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be livid, man. All right. So. If I had to describe myself, yeah, go ahead. We're gonna say, I mean. My friends always say I'm funny. I don't think so. I don't know about that. But uh, they always say I'm really funny. And I am also mm. extremely spontaneous. <laughs> I am the kind of person who you can message. And uh, you just, like, you could ask me to go traveling. And I'd be ready in 30 minutes. Like, that's how spontaneous I am as a person. Yeah. And I am also very bold as well. Like, uh, brave. I... I'm very outgoing. I speak to anyone. I'm not afraid of anyone either. So, yeah, if I had to describe myself, those are the three words I'd describe cool. myself with. Cool. What, did you say? what did you say? I was just saying cool, you know. Oh. Who yeah. are your three artists, favorite artists at the moment? Um, Now, I'm not going to be able to answer this question. So, hmm. 
because for me, I'm very picky when it comes to music. Mm. So I don't really like have per se favorite artists. For yeah, me, yeah. when it comes to music, like say say a friend or something is showing me a song, I listen to it, and it's like it's not whether like Pete like it's really popular or not. It's just I don't know. It's kind of like. I just listen to it, and if it, like, registers as something positive and good in my brain, then I like it, and I'll add it to, like, my playlist, for example. That's interesting. But, but if not, then, you know, I'll just say, yeah, pass. I'm not going to really listen to that. So, like, I don't know. Like, are there definitely genres that I don't generally like? Yeah, like, you know, country music, for example, like classical. I'm not really into that kind of stuff. Old Town Road, though. Old Town Road was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's like a rare exception, yeah. I yeah, I think maybe rare exception, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I think of that song more of like a meme, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Did you hear the one that had uh, the uh, Mason Ramsey on it? The new one? Uh, no, I, not really, man. Um, yeah. Why do you listen to it? Yeah, but really, so you don't have any artists? Like, could you not specify any artists? Like, three artists? Okay, like three artists that I'd say um, are on, are, that I listen to a lot. Um, okay, I don't know if you've heard of him, but there's this guy, he's from Brooklyn, he's called Hoodie Allen. I listen to him a lot. I definitely, I like a lot of his music. Hmm. So yeah, I definitely say that. Um, yeah, I'd say him, I'd say, you know, um, maybe Stormzy as well. I like Okay. I, like, I like a lot of his uh recent stuff like obviously he took a break for a bit but um you know a lot of his recent stuff i'm really liking um and yeah i definitely you know i've definitely been listening to it um yeah i'd say him and then i'd say last one hmm i don't know uh, i'm trying to think of a last one but I say those two are definitely like my main two right now. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess I could just say Drake because mm. I definitely listen to it. Like, I know it's probably pretty generic, but I listen. Yeah, yeah. I listen to a fair amount of Drake, not a ton, but like a fair yeah, amount. Fair enough. I mean, for me, I mean, I'm always on new music as well. Like, but I mean, I I add stuff to my playlist if I like it as well. Okay. But and I'm always on new like I mean. There was a time when I absolutely couldn't not could not go a day without listening to Kendrick Lamar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I couldn't listen to Billie Eilish either, and those are two different types of music entirely. But at the moment, if I had to choose three artists, well, J Cole, J Cole for sure. Yeah, J Cole, J Cole. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I listen to some of his stuff. I listen to J Cole, and also one all-time favorite for years and years, like. Is staple in my playlist is Ray Sherman as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, at the moment, I've just gotten back on Jay-Z's music. I know oh, it's okay. of the older stuff. I mean, but I've realized I've grown up, I've started to understand some of the deeper stuff he actually does say in his music. So I'm re-listening to a few of his albums. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so they, yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. So that's yeah. the podcast on the Fulham Road podcast. This yeah. is our first podcast. I'm actually surprised we're able to record an hour and 20 minutes of actual like audio. I wasn't expecting it to be that much. 
and yeah. expecting us to even be able to get this done in the first place. But I'm <laughs> happy with this. Uh, I hope you guys are too as well. Uh, we'd love your feedback. Yeah. Uh, we'd also love you to subscribe and share this on Twitter as well. And also, we're going to be putting an email in the description so that you can send email questions as well. I mean, ideally, yeah. we wouldn't want you to DM or tweet at us. I mean, you can. You can, I guess. But we'd prefer you, like, email us instead. That would be a lot better. But, I mean, yeah. what your but honestly, we're not going to prevent you from, like, asking questions from... Right. Asking questions, like, in DMs and stuff like that. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. Josh, do you have anything else to say? Yeah, just going on that email thing. Um... Yeah, I mean the email, you know, the email is just the name of the podcast. The it's mm-hmm. just the it's the email is literally the Fulham Road Podcast at gmail.com. That's it. Yeah. Um, but another thing about it is like that that email, like your questions are kind of gonna serve more towards like the end of the show in the future. So like when once we Dami and I start wrapping up things, you know, we'll we'll go on the email and we'll say oh, cool question from so-and-so, and then we'll answer it, and we'll both give our take on it, and that that sort of thing. So that's that's basically what the email's for. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, we don't know what this podcast is, how far and wide it's going to go, but if obviously I'm expecting you guys to get this from our Twitter. But basically, if you don't, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're going to leave them down in the description as well, but right. uh, Josh is at Pessimistic Josh. Yeah. Yep, with a few ups and downs in terms of the characters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fun, that that's fun, exactly SpongeBob it. meme font. Yeah. <laughs> and I am CFC Dami. It was nice having you on the podcast. In the next episode, we might have a guest. We don't know about that yet, but we shall yep. see. Yeah, yeah, so thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch Thank you, you very much. Catch yeah. you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, yeah.